Well, this is the opportunity for us to see how well this goes with our children. So if you are a child between the ages of three years old and eight years old, I welcome you to come up front at this time. And we're gonna read a story and then I have something for you at the end. So if you're between ages three and eight, could you please come up here? All right. And my buddy Joel, can you come up here and help me with something? I know you're above eight years old, but I'm gonna have you help me with something. So you can come over here and sit right next to me. All right, so you guys can have a seat. And Joel, what I'm gonna have you do is at the end, you're gonna help, uh, you're gonna hold that so that we okay. can let them pick up. So you, you and I get to be the deliverers of gifts. Okay. Does that work? All right. This is awesome. Okay. We have a few more still coming down. I'll be patient. There's some space in the center here if, if you wanna send them down the center aisle. You can sit there. That's great. Thank you. All right. Excellent. We have a few more coming over here. All right. And a few more coming down. You know what? I'm being con concerned about how many gifts I have for the third service. <laughs> I may be going shopping this afternoon. <laughs> this is good. All right. Excellent. All right, here we go. I've got a story to read, and you guys can look up on uh, the screen behind me, straight behind me. You'll see the, the pictures and stuff of what I'm reading. And so I'm going to be reading about the story of what actually happened, maybe not so much actually, but what may have happened prior to Jesus coming to the stable. And so I'm going to read a little bit of a story there, and then I'm going to say a couple things, and then I have something for you. You can't see, am I in your way? All right, yes, I, I, I'm in the way. Is that better? Yep. yep, we're good. All right. So here we go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this story, and it's called The Christmas Blessing. Once upon a midnight sky, a mama star rocked her child. Nestling close, she softly whispered words of love and smiled. Then through the dark, a booming voice said, on this very night, a baby will be born to fill the world with endless light. Mama Star, please shine a path the family can see and lead them to the humble barn for their nativity. Mama's heart was filled with pride. Of course she'd lead the way. She sparkled bright and brighter still until she shone like day. Inside the stable, suddenly the animals awoke. And I'm going to ask that you wait on those lights just for a moment. Can you wait just real quick? All right, just listen up here, okay? All right. So they bumped, they brayed, they crashed, they neighed. Then everybody spoke. Is it still night? Is it, what's happening? Who's stepping on my hoof? And what's going on? Ouch, that's my tail. What's shining through the roof? Now, see, that's how I say it in Kansas. You might say roof. You might say roots instead of roots. <laughs> but we're going to just stick with roof because that's what I grew up saying, all right? So quiet now, the call called out. Please, everyone, calm down. And as they stilled, they heard a twinkling, sparkling sort of sound. Mama Star, friends, 
Tonight, great visitors, great visitors will come. Please clean the manger. Work is one. Don't rest until it's done. Clean, said the goat. It's not my mess, nor mine, clutched the mother hen. I'm responsible. I'm not responsible, said horse. Pig snorted from his pen. I'm, I'd help, said pig, except the horse is standing in the way. Stay back, said horse. We don't want all your mud in our clean hay. I don't trust the way you sound, the chicken said to the goat. Goat said, I don't trust your uh, pecking or your feathered coat. We're too different, fur and feathers, goinks and bleats and neighs. We can't work together. We won't do it. Not today. The stable once again was filled with dazzling pure light. Mama Star said, please, my friends, don't argue. Please don't fight. A baby will arrive tonight. The manger is his bed. The child must have a safe, warm place to lay his precious head. Okay, gotta wait. Gotta wait. My name is Charlotte. Okay, Charlotte, you can help over there and make sure we're waiting, okay? Because those balls are telling me you guys touched them already. Mmm. Mmm. See, they tell me things. So you think you're all too different and you cannot work as one. But look around and how you hold your daughters and your sons. We all love our children and our families and our friends. Love is love if you're a goat, a pig, a horse, or hen. This special new delivery will bless us with his birth. A savior who has come to spread pure love upon this earth. We're more alike in many ways. There's so much that we share. Please set aside your differences and hurry. Let's prepare. So Mama Goat looked at her kids and Pa Horse at his foal. And soon they began to understand Mama Star's real goal. Rooster, donkey, cow, and sheep all held their babies close. They cuddled cozy, snug together, nuzzled nose to nose. Then horse helped pig clean out some, some muck. And then while the goat was helping the chicken sweep, cow, oxen moved the manger with the help of sheep. Donkey brought in fresh, clean straw to make the manger warm. Bit by bit, the space around the animals transformed. Look at what we've done, goat said. It's marvelous indeed. The animals had come together with acceptance, love, and speed. Everyone had played their part, and now the work was done. The manger was now ready to receive a Savior son. Mama Star was filled with joy, with gratitude and love. Well done, she cried, her brilliant brightness shining from above. Together, you've prepared this space, embracing one another. You've all worked in harmony like sister works with brother. The holy family walked into the stable, clean and bright, bathed in light from Mama Star, who glowed with all her might. With quiet clucks and gentle nods, the animals said hello, welcoming the visitors, a family soon to grow. The blessed child was born that night within that humble space, a savior full of truth, beauty, goodness, love, and grace. As mothers rocked their babies and as fathers tucked them in, the precious baby fell asleep, a new world to begin. And that is our story. You see one, oh, thank you, yes. You're allowed to clap. 
So the story in this was that originally, the animals did not know how to work together and to prepare for the coming of the Christ child. But they had to have a leader that would tell them, you need to learn to work together and to value one another. And so on this day, as you go and you're among your cousins, your, your brothers and sisters, your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, friends, make sure that you work together to be of help today. Because this is a special day to gather together. And so what I want to encourage you to do is that when you go out this night and you see that there are stars in the sky later tonight and that you see that there's lights around the tree, remember that the first light of Christmas was the coming of the Christ child himself, Jesus Christ. Now with that being said, I am taking a huge risk with the gift tonight. It's a, it's a bouncy ball that when you bounce it, it lights up. And I know, I know many of you out there are thinking, what are you thinking? <laughs> it's a candlelight service, so there's a little bit of extra light tonight. So what we're going to ask of you to do is we're going to give you, so my buddy Joel here is going to have some of the balls over here, and then I'm going to have some over here. You will each take one. Hey, well, no, no, you've already got three. <laughs> you each take one, and then when you go back to your seat, you're going to hand this to your parents until the end of the service. Okay? Oh, thank you very much. Okay, you get, can we do this very well? Yeah. So when you get your ball, please go back to your parents. And if your parents can't, if you can't find your parents, just stand in the spot. They'll come to you. Okay? All right. So one at a time. So Joel, you can pick that up. Okay. are unwrapping their gifts and taking them back to their parents and finding their way back. Uh, one of the things that we're really excited about in this Christmas season is to meditate on the heart of Mary in the midst of this. So during this next song, I invite you to remain seated as your kids find their seats, uh, to remain seated as we ponder on the heart of Mary and as we seek to learn from her example. That'll prepare our hearts for this next section. Upon the great I am 
Lord, today we are, we are setting our eyes on you. Lord, in the midst of all the other holiday celebrations and the other things that, that there, is, there can be joy in, we remember that, that apart from you, there is no joy. Lord, we remember just the, the incredible response that Mary had to these truths when they were first revealed to her, that she treasured them. She pondered them in her heart. Lord, would we learn from the example of Mary? Would we see you and would we treasure you? Would we remember the best gift, the most important gift in the history of humanity and how that's been given to us? Lord, we love you. We praise you for all these things. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That was a lot of children. <laughs> By far the most I've ever seen in one service for Christmas Eve in the past. So that was fun. Uh, to, uh, and so have fun taking those uh, bouncy balls home. But, uh, Luke 2, 13 to 14. The declaration of the angels on that special night. 
Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. On earth peace to those whom his favor rests. Have you ever asked yourself, well, who's fa- who receives the favor of the Lord? Upon whom receives that favor? It says that peace will come to those who receive the favor of God. And so shouldn't it be a question we ask on such a day that this coming of the Christ child is bringing the peace of God to those upon whom the favor of God rests? So the favor of God leads to peace, and doesn't peace sound good right now? I mean, peace, not only in our own nation, but in the world, the nations of Europe and the Middle East, peace seems like a great message to receive these days. But the peace of God only comes to those upon whose favor rests. Should we not discover who receives that favor and why they receive it? Consider the coming of the Christ child and how he was announced to Mary. In chapter one of Luke, in verse 26, this is what was said to Mary. In verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you who are highly favored. So the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Greetings to you, Mary, who are highly favored. And then once again, the angel says to her, and I come to you to give you a message that you're going to have a child. And this is coming to you because you are favored. Now we've looked over the last few weeks here at LAFC on Sunday mornings at the various grandmothers actually of Jesus. In the lineage given to the Christ child in Matthew chapter one, there are five women mentioned in that line. Tamar, who tells a story of mercy. Rahab, who is a story of grace. Ruth, a story for all people. And Bathsheba, a story of forgiveness. And then there's Mary. To what distinction do we give Mary that she's part of this list? I mean, think about this. God could have chosen any woman in history to be this mother but he chose her. And you have to wonder, well, what was the distinction of Mary that caused her to be chosen, to be the one that was highly favored by God, favored enough to be the one selected to be the mother of this child? In Isaiah chapter 66, verses one and two, this is what the Lord said when talking to the people 
of Israel through the prophet Isaiah. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is this house that you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. But these are the ones, these are the ones I will look upon with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Let me read that again. As God has declared himself from the heavenly throne, I am the maker of all things. My hand has touched all that you see. But these are the people I give favor to and I look upon with favor when they're humble and contrite in spirit and tremble at my word. So the one God favors basically exemplify these three qualities. Humility. Humility, that attribute of the heart that says, it's not about me. I'm not about pursuing my own gain. I am for the benefit of other people. The second thing he gives in the qualities is a contrite spirit. In other words, a penitent spirit, a, a spirit that acknowledges I'm not perfect. I am not one to be glorified. I am not worthy of one another's praise. So humble, contrite, and thirdly, one who fears and respects God's word. As Isaiah 66, 2 says, and they tremble at my word. The person I look upon with favor trembles at my word. So then we have to ask ourselves, did Mary then exemplify these three qualities, humility, contrition, and fear and respect for the word of the Lord? Well, let's test. In Luke 1, verse 38, after this message had been given that she is going to be the mother of a Christ child through a virgin birth, which by the way, set her up for public scorn because she was not married yet. How does she respond? She says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to me fulfilled. And then she writes a song and it's there in scripture for us to read. And this is what comes out of her heart upon the departure of the angel. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their own inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. There's a humility being expressed. She's not celebrating herself. She celebrates who God is. 
And then when you consider the actual night of the birth of Jesus, when the angels had come with that great chorus and said what I just read to you earlier, with glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. And the shepherds receive that message and they go and they celebrate before this child and this child is now born and clearly God has sent this audience to celebrate this birth. How does Mary respond? Hmm. What you see in verses 13 and 19 says, you will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to themselves, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary, Joseph, and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they seen him, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But, so contrary to all this, this hubbub about this great birth that has just happened, that the angels celebrate, that the shepherds celebrate, how does Mary respond? She treasures up these things and ponders them in her hearts. See, for Mary, there was something about her spirit that God favored, and therefore his peace came upon her. She was humble. She was not about herself. She was contrite, penitent, acknowledging that there are things that she still needed to work on. But more than anything, she was respectful and fearful of the word of God. Even though she was gonna pay a public price, she submitted to the Lord and said, may the words you've spoken be unto me. So if you would like peace in this world, if you'd like peace in you, if you would like peace in your household, it doesn't come by seizing it and making it happen by pushing it upon those around you. It comes from a humble posture before God, a penitent heart, acknowledging that you yourself cannot make peace happen, and then responding to his directions over your life and saying, I respond in obedience to his word over me. It's then that the presence of God comes upon a person. It's then that the presence of God penetrates the heart. It's then that we experience peace. In a world that is so filled with chaos, war, and hardship, God's favor comes to those who look to him, submit to him, acknowledge him, and therefore approach him humbly. Let's prepare our hearts for the solemn moment that we do traditionally on this day, the lighting of candles. Would you pray with me? Father, you orchestrated a story that in and of itself was humble. Jesus wasn't born in some great cathedral. You didn't have a parade. You didn't make sure that all people in Jerusalem knew about this in that moment. 
Now you made the audience be a group of shepherds nearby. And those shepherds were the audience of the great declaration. And then hearing of such birth to find out that they were gonna go and run to a, a stable to find this Christ child. Again, doesn't line up with the story we would all expect of a king being born. But this reflects your humility, your humble heart, where you are not just about you. You are about making sure that the world you created and the human beings you created in your image could be redeemed. And Jesus tells that story and makes that story happen. So on this night where we celebrate his coming, after centuries of hearing prophecies of that coming, we acknowledge that this truly was great news for all to hear. So may our hearts be humble before you, penitent, and may we be willing to submit to your leadership over our lives. I pray this in the name of that son who was born, Jesus. Amen. This tradition was began hundreds of years ago, actually, and we continue it on this day where we light candles in solemnness of heart, reflecting upon the light that came into the world that special Christmas Eve. And so on, that, on this night, what we ask is for in order for us to have a safe experience of doing this, all lit candles remain straight up and down unlit candles come in from the side and then once lit, stay up. And we'll be offering this light to you throughout this room in the moments and we will hold on to this light through the singing of silent night and joy to the world. May the Lord give us this special moment to reflect upon the light of Christ.
given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. stand together and declare our joy that we have in him.
the light of the world has entered into earth. And for our sake, we then get to experience that light. Then we can shine it and reflect it to those who are around us. So as you go into your homes and celebrate these, this special night and into the day tomorrow, may the light of Christ be what blesses you and shines through you. With that being said, let us blow out these candles together. Put your hand behind and blow gently. And please keep these up until the, the wax cools. That would be great. God bless you all. Merry Christmas from my family and household to yours. And have a great rest of your day. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.